Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Turn Left. I am your host, Indiana Zonday the Black, coming to you live. Yes, all the way live from Black Pearl Studios, where we talk about Indiana politics from the left side of things. Okay, today is the D-Day, unfortunately. Today is the day that that anti-choice law goes into effect. Ladies, I know the struggle is real, and those who were able to give birth to children, I know the struggle is real. I, I think with this hot flash, I believe that I'm on the other side of my childbearing years. Thank goodness, but this hot flash ain't no joke right now. But I wanna say this, you know, we have, we have a lot of conversation about abortion. We have a lot of conversation about who can and who can't have an abortion, but we don't ever seem to want to have a conversation about, you know, this rape culture that we live in. We don't ever want to seem to have this conversation about men behaving poorly. We never want to have the conversation about keep your hands to yourself. We don't ever want to have that conversation. We want to tell women what they should do with their body. And that makes me really, really upset because I feel like this, it takes two to tango. Remember when they was having all these why the gay people need to get married conversations and it was like, well, if you can't reproduce kids, then you shouldn't really be trying to get married. Remember when they was having that conversation? Well, it takes two to tango. We know in the, in the LGBTQ plus community how science works. We recognize how biology works. It has nothing to do with whom or who you are attracted to, but we know it takes some XY chromosomes and some YY chromosomes and all of that other stuff to create a living being. But here we have the situation where we're saying to women, your, once you become pregnant, your, your body is no longer yours. You can no longer make choices. But we don't have anybody talking about the natural, the consequences of you creating an unwanted pregnancy. Because I know for a fact, I can't make no baby by myself. And me and my girlfriend, we really can't make a baby. We can't do it. I know how it works. How come y'all don't hold both parties accountable? I'm really upset about this thing. Ladies, if nothing else, this should be your moment of truth that you know it's time for you to get involved and it's time for you to get on, uh, on board with the campaign. It's time for you to put your name on the ballot in future years. And that's real talk right there. So I know they was trying to march at the governor's mansion whatever he signed it he don't care like he cares he like he cares about your body like he really cares okay but some good news is coming out possibly fox 59 reports with the state's near near total ban on abortion set to take effect today a bipartisan group of indiana lawmakers want to expand access to contraception the proposal would allow pharmacists to prescribe birth control pills or patches to women age 18 and older after administering a health screening. Those patients would not need to see a doctor or obtain a prescription. State Representative Rita Fleming of Jeffersonville, a retired obstetrician, uh, OBGYN, has uh, pushed for this amendment. States are starting to see a decrease in abortion when birth control is more accessible, said Fleming, pointing out 24 other states have passed a similar law to her proposal. A growing number of Republicans have gotten on board with the idea, including State Representative Sharon Nagel of Attica. 
65% of abortions are women who already have children at home. So for whatever reason, we are not getting to them and making sure that they have access to birth control, said Sharon Nagel. An amendment including this proposal failed by one vote during the special session, with many Republicans voting against it. Those who share concern on the House floor said they wanted additional vetting. The, this involves a lot more than it appears, says State Representative Brad Barrett, a retired surgeon who chairs the House Public Health Committee. There's a, a scope of practice issues. There's liability issues. Okay, check this out. You want to reduce abortions? You want to cut out abortions? How about cutting out unwanted pregnancies? Okay, again, why don't we deal with the real problem? Why don't we do some pre-pregnancy activities? Like, don't rape women and take some birth control. Those sounds like good plans to me, don't you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, Y'all forgive me if my common sense is kicking in when my mama told me common sense ain't so common. Don't worry about me. Mm -hmm. I'm be all right. <laughs> Indy Star reports uh, outgoing Marion County Clerk Myla Eldridge has been elected in a landslide victory as the new Marion County Democratic Party chair, making her the first black leader to hold the position, according to party spokesman Jeff Harris. A party caucus was called on Tuesday, I was there, to fill the former party KSB seat after she resigned earlier this summer. Eldridge won with about 96% of the vote. It's landslide. This is a win for all of us, Eldridge said, who campaigned for two weeks leading up to this election, said in her victory speech, Eldridge told Indy Star her priority as party chair would be voter participation and unifying the Democratic Party ahead of the November election. With a Defend Choice badge pinned to her suit jacket, she said that she refers to the upcoming election as a Rovember. I like that, Rovember, and believes the near total abortion ban passed in Indiana will mobilize Democratic voters, especially women on the ballot. She ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. You know what? I wish her all the luck in the world as a party chair of the largest county with the highest vote opportunity in the entire state, the economic hub of our entire state. I know, listen, I know some of y'all be like, I'm so sick and tired of everything being indie centered. I get that. I do understand. I am one of those people in the party who believe we ought to spread the love around 92 counties. Mm -hmm. However, truth is truth. If you don't turn out Marion County yet, you might as well hang it up, Democrats. If we don't turn out Marion County, you might as well hang it up, okay? So congratulations, I am one, am here for the help to get Marion County turned out so that we can alleviate some, alleviate some stress on some of those other counties. Because if, if you get Indianapolis turning out at around 65%, and we are by far a 75% Democratic County, Ooh, we talking about 2008. We can do this. So congratulations, Myla. Everybody get on board, support her. She's got a lot of work to do. And plus, she's still running the campaign. There's a lot going on there. So everybody pitch in in Indianapolis and support her in Marion County and get that turned out. All right. I'm going to get to my guests because you know what? We talking about abortion. We talking about women's reproductive rights. We talking about privacy. We talking about everything that speaks to who we are as women. Um, but more importantly... We need to get elected to office. <laughs> How about that? How about we run for office and get elected? Tonight is very mm -hmm. unique. We have three women on, on the show tonight representing and running for three different levels of government. First up, we have Janine Lake, who is running for Congress 
in District 5. Janine, welcome to the show. Say hi to the people. <laughs> and then we have Katie Forte, who is running for State Senate for, in District 47. Can you say hi to the people? Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me on. And by the way, the, the last name is Fort. You said Fort. Fort. Oh, my bad. Fort. Yeah. Fort. No problem. My bad. My apologies. No I just, problem. you know what? It just, it was something about that E on the end. Like, I just wanted to give you like, um, but your name is Fort. I'm going with that. <laughs> and someone who has been in my life uh, ever since I started running for office, someone who has been a mentor, someone who has been an encouraging voice to everything that I've ever wanted to do, never been anything but a positive influence on this thing that I do for the Indiana Democratic Party and Indiana Democrats all around. Someone I adore and I'm crazy about. I don't get to see her enough. I'm giving her her flowers because she deserves every one of them. Um, she's a fighter. She's a star. She wears many hats. Y'all give it up for Roxanne. Roxanna, uh, Lucas Murray, who was running for Jackson Township Board. Welcome to the show. You're making me blush, but thank you. I, I admire I too you much to lie, and so. all you do. <laughs> Y'all, this is a unique day, and I'm so grateful that all of you are, are on the show tonight. And before we dive into each of your campaigns, let's take let's go around the horn, and we're going to start with you, Janine, from the federal level. Talk about what today means for Hoosier women and what you think we should be doing to change the trajectory of this conversation. Well, thanks. First of all, thank you so much, Dana, uh, for hosting us all tonight. I appreciate it. Um, it means a lot to me what you do for this state and what you do for women and for uh, bodily autonomy and equality and for so many disenfranchised, disinvested, and uh, and really just ignored communities. Um, you've done that for a long time now. And uh, as a person running or not running, it really means a lot to me. And I know that you work very hard. Thank you. So I want to say thank you. Um, yeah, I woke up this morning and uh, I had, you know, I had the pit in my stomach and it was it it, it was a dark day. I mean, um, I knew we knew it was coming. We knew September 15th was on the calendar and uh, that they weren't going to change their minds and suddenly decide that women weren't second-class citizens and people with uteruses mattered. Um, and today was today came. So um, from here, we go on, we fight. We make sure that, uh, that the elected leaders that uh, created and established and approved and voted on this bill and got it through um, this past summer, we, we want them to know that we will not stand by quietly that we will do everything we can to fight uh, the legislation. And uh, hopefully on November the 8th, we can see the results of that. I've had a lot of women in my district, in the fifth district, Hamilton, Howard, Tipton, Delaware, Madison, and Grant counties, um, not only Democratic women, but moderate Republicans and uh, some libertarians that have told me that they're very upset about this. They don't want um, anyone telling them what to do with their bodies. And so, um, as the only pro-choice candidate uh, running for the 5th District, um, I'm here to tell you, I will do everything I can to make sure that women have a right to choose in the future. You know, and it's it's really strange that your, your opponent isn't pro-choice. I mean, she running around she with her one. Ukraine flag colored clothing on all the time, and she mad about <laughs> somebody taking choice away from Ukrainians. Is, is, is that how you... I don't know. She, I know she's mad about that. 
How come she not as mad about people taking away um, a, a personal autonomy from fellow Americans? Right. She's more pro. I always say that I think she's more of the Russian uh, sympathizer than than she is Ukrainian. <laughs> she's she's definitely. Oh, my goodness. Oh, right no. in the middle. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that was good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She need to plug that back in. That's all right. All right. We're going to move on. Uh, Katie, uh, this is the first time I've really had a chance to really talk to you. Talk about what today means to you and 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 uh, how you want to use your office to make a change. Yeah. Um, you know, today was a sad day. I have a daughter and, um, you know, I thought about it today and I was like, you know, she has less rights today than her, you know, male peers, you know, that she goes to school with and just how, you know, the psychological effect that that's going to have is, is, you know, hard to, hard to figure out and hard to explain, like how, what the magnitude of how negative that's going to be, you know, um, I'm glad I'm running for office uh, because that's uh, certainly a good example for her. And, um, you know, ought to, you know, I, I do feel like when I got into this, you know, campaign, I had no idea that, you know, choice was going to be so important because I just entered the race to make sure that voters were going to have a choice because before I got on the ballot, there was nobody running against the Republicans. So, um, but, you know, that word choice has become so much uh, more important. I'm real concerned about people down here in Southern Indiana. I feel like, um, you know, we kind of slide under the radar and I'm not sure that everybody realizes what's happening now. And I'm really concerned about what's going to happen in the future. You know, um, like what's next? Yeah, it's, it's pretty scary. And uh, bringing up the rear, but last but not least, always um, veteran superstar. Uh, tell us what it, <laughs> oh, it's going to be like that all night. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you, you didn't know, did you? You didn't know no. I was going to love on you like that. <laughs> I didn't, no. And, I, listen, and, and let me let me explain why. There are very few veterans in the game. Most people give up. They don't they don't stick around long enough to to see things through. And you've been in this fight wearing many different hats for a long time. And that's why I have. And I'm not saying I don't respect my other guests. Please don't take it that way. But she, oh, I, no. I, before I knew what I was doing, I was watching her do what she do. So that's why I'm loving on you. Go ahead. You how what does the day mean I, to I'm you? Running for I, well, I'm running for Jackson Township trustee board position. It's in a county that's very red. Um, Huntington County has always been red, but it's because we haven't given them much choice. Um, and so that's that's why I'm running to help make sure that there's a choice. And I'm working with Christine Bohm, who's also the third district chair. Uh -huh. um, she's our Huntington County chair, and she's a superstar because she's not only, we have 22 people running on a ballot that's been lucky if they've ever had five before. Um, they're just out, there haven't been people who were willing to run. So we are running, we're getting our necks out there and we're saying, you know, we're, we're tired of this and we're not gonna take it anymore. And once that Dobbs decision was handed down, um, even more people stepped up and said, hey, I wanna run in the future. So um, the Dobbs decision in an unfortunate way, the Dobbs decision was unfortunate because of what's happening, but in some ways it's really inspired people to raise their voices, to get registered to vote. 
Um, and we are working on voter registration all over the place. And then voter activation, get people educated to know who's on their ballot, get them out to get a you know, to vote at early, vote by mail, vote in person, absentee, vote on election day, whatever, whatever it takes to get people out there and get their voices heard and and keep the hope going that we know we can make a difference if we just get a good voter turnout. Absolutely. <laughs> That'll change everything if we can get voter turnout. All right, let's dive into who you wonderful ladies are. Katie, tell the people who you are and where you come from. Yeah, um, so I live down here in Southern Indiana. Um, I was born in Indianapolis, and so I'm Hoosier through and through. Um, gradually, my family, you know, migrated to Brownsburg, and then we moved down here to uh, Floyd's Knobs, and then um, I now live in Corden, Indiana, with my family and my three kids. I love it. I love it. So, okay, wait a second. You moved from Indy, which is, you know, I get that. Some people want a much more quiet life, and they like more green <laughs> than they do concrete. I get that. But what was it? What was it about your 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 upbringing um, that that made you be civically engaged or civically conscious? Yeah, well, you know, I come from a family of like teachers and nurses, so that's just kind of been always in our um, makeup. And um, you know, I taught school for many years in JCPS in Louisville, Kentucky, which is right over the Ohio River. And, um, you know, I have a passion for, you know, kids and teaching and um, I actually got into teaching because I really wanted to do social work, but I thought that that would be um, like the best avenue for me. Really? Yeah. Like and for a long time, you know, it was a great, you know, I really felt like teaching was social work and, and at its heart, it it is, but um, I would say that you know, one of the one of the issues is that, you know, the more the politicians got their fingers in the mix, you know, the harder it was for me to do to exercise my professional judgment and expertise to do what was right by the kids in my classroom. Yeah. So so let me ask you this. Um, is there a reason why you decided to teach in Kentucky versus teaching in Indiana? Yes, they pay more. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ain't that yeah. something? Yeah, go figure, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. and if if and I imagine if Indiana um could match what they pay in Kentucky, right? You would probably be more than happy to teach Indiana kids, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And okay, uh, Janine, you got to stop texting now. Uh, <laughs> I'm throw that phone over there because it's messing up my show. <laughs> anyway. So what made you decide to put your name on the ballot this year? So um, I have been active with the Harrison County Dems for a while, and they were looking for somebody to run. And they, um, the Senate caucus, you know, Evan Robbins came down and he was in a meeting with us and he was like, look, we've got this candidate running. And with the redistricting, everybody was really confused about what was going on. And um, I can tell you that story now if you want me or you yeah. I can wait till later. Tell okay. It. Okay. So what happened was is that Aaron Houchin um decided to run for Congress in the ninth district. Right. So she quit her job early. And so then let that left an opening. 
So they caucused in, the Republicans caucused in Gary Byrd to fill her seat. Now, Ron Grooms represented the old District 46 that was like New Albany, Clarksville area. Mm-hmm. And he retired and Kevin Bayline was caucused in to fill his seat. Now, with the redistricting, come November, the people who used to be represented and used to think that they were District 46 are now going to be 47. And so the guy, um, Mr. Byrne, is going to be, uh, you know, he's running for District 47, which is also what I'm running for. Mm -hmm. And it would be the majority of Floyd County, all of Washington County, Mm -hmm. and all of Harrison County. And so everyone is really confused. So that's a big part of the message is getting out there and explaining to people where the new lines are and who they're voting for. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really complicated. And of course, yeah. we know why. Because that redistricting, yeah. they, the way they redistrict everything, obviously they wanted to protect, they thought they were protecting District 5, uh, Congressional District 5, because they uh, drew it out of Marion County. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. want no more of that. <laughs> Um, and then they 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 targeted some of their own caucus members because uh, they want to get rid of them. And so the way they drew these lines are kind of uh, sus, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in Roxana real quick. Roxana, tell the people who you are and where you come from. I am a UAW member. Woo-hoo. I am a lifelong um, person. I, I guess I helping people's in my DNA. Um, I got involved in the Democratic Party. I started out being involved as part of the UAW and then started realizing that if I wanted to make change, I couldn't just sit on the outside and help at election time. I had to start getting more involved. Mm -hmm. Ran for, for, well, got encouraged to run for the vice chair of the county, then ran for chair. And I was the third district secretary for a while. And got involved with the Indiana um, Federation of Democratic Women. And that's where I've gotten most of my experience and traveled around the state, met wonderful people like you and been involved. And I, I mean, you know, how many times do you hear people say, Ooh, I don't like politics. Well, politics isn't everything that we do. Word. Everything Word. that you do, everything that you are, politics is involved. It, it's interested in you. So if you want to make something change, it's better and easier to do it from the inside than it is to just sit back and wish things would change for the better because they won't, not without involvement and commitment. So, okay, so was it the, your union activity that really sparked your interest in the political process? Because I, I was also union at one point. I was a Teamsters. Was always which, interested. Which, which Teamsters won to last night, this morning. Teamsters won. Hello, Teamsters. Yes. <laughs> yes, the railroad strike has been averted. So happy for that. Right? So happy for them. They didn't have a quality of life. I mean, they weren't holding out for money. They were holding out to have a quality of life. Right? For heaven's sake. Um, right, yeah. I can't even imagine being on call 24-7 and having a whole 30 or 31 days a year that you can plan to spend time with your family and have a life. And that's, yeah. that's what they were dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, sorry, but we digressed. Was, yeah. Was, no, I'm, I was, I'm sorry. I got excited because I, you know, Teamster sure. Union. Uh, and so oh, I'll be excited too. <laughs> was it, was I've it always the... been involved. Um, I was always involved. Um, 
it just, uh, I, we were on the wrong side. I grew up on the wrong side. I was, uh, we thought we were Republicans. Um, my dad was very into helping people and, but very much, um, Republican and, and in high school, um, cause I'm 59, you know, I remember when Jimmy Carter was in office and I do too. And, all the terrorism and things of that nature. And then Ronald Reagan and Ronald, I lived in Kokomo. I'm from Kokomo, Indiana. And um, Ronald Reagan actually came in to campaign in Kokomo, Indiana. And I was out there with my great aunt. Um, I was always involved in some way. Um, but being part of a union is, um, growing up as a kid, you look back at the hippie generation and mm -hmm. people getting out mm -hmm. in the streets and fighting for rights and, the fights for the civil rights. And I just always wished that, you know, if I, I always wish that if I'd been alive during the civil rights time that I would have had the courage to get up, stand up and fight for other people's rights. Yeah. And then along came freedom, Indiana. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can fight for people's rights. And the UAW helped me to be able to do that and not have to be afraid of my job or anything. Um, that's one of the things that's wonderful about being union. I know that there's a lot of people who are afraid to take a stand for mm -hmm. things that they believe in because they're afraid that people around them aren't going to like it. They could lose their jobs or um, people who live in neighborhoods that are afraid that their neighbors are going to get go out against them because, you know, they stand up for something or someone. Um, and that's I'm wherever I go, I'm with my union family. That's what's up. All over the state, all over the nation. I'm never alone because there's somebody that's union around me. Absolutely. And if I need help, I know that my brother or sister is going to help me. Absolutely. And that's it. I mean, solidarity, you know, it drives me Absolutely. crazy that, you know, and, and feel free, Kate, if you want to jump, jump in on this as well. Uh, yeah. it, it, it drives me crazy when I think about how um, we are a right to work state where, you know, they're saying, you know, you don't have, you can have this job, which is a union job and benefit from union negotiations, but you ain't actually got to be in the union, you know, right. and they've done everything to, um, in collective bargaining. Now, mind you, when there's signing contracts for whatever it is that the state business they want to do, they have a team of lawyers with them, don't they? Absolutely. It, isn't that collective bargaining? And that team of lawyers is sitting there with normal, ordinary, regular people on the other side. Now we might have somebody sitting there with us to try and help us. That's a legal mind to try and pay attention to those little things that they try to legalize things. But um, yeah, they're just, they set the lawyers up against regular people trying to negotiate. Well, the best I mean, not even just, uh, you know, during you, not even just during union negotiations, if they're trying to sign a contract with a third party entity to do services for the state of Indiana, they're negotiating it. Right. They're negotiating mm -hmm. the terms They're negotiating what it looks like. Right, Katie, whenever they go into business. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the things that um, I noticed, too, is really different from, you know, Kentucky and Indiana In Kentucky. We have a great teachers union that is, you know, has all of their collective bargaining rights. And in Indiana, you don't. And um, in Indiana, the teachers can only bargain on wages. They can't bargain on things like class size or health and safety issues, and those things really matter. Of course they matter, and it's almost like they don't care. They, it's yeah. almost like they, the way they went about de deconstructing the teachers' union, because they always talk about the bad teacher, right? They always want to talk about the bad teacher. Mm -hmm. Whatever, but they don't talk about the, they don't talk about the bad cop. They don't talk about the bad cop. I'm sorry, did I? 
wrong, wrong, wrong discussion. My bad. But but the thing of it is, is that you have way more good teachers who are, who are catching hell because of these class sizes, no materials. I've never worked on an assembly line where I had to go buy the materials to build the product that we were mm -hmm. coming off that assembly line. So those are the yeah. kind of things that I, I think about when I think about unions and, and the way Indiana has just gone wayward. And it seems like all we want to do is attract low paying, low wage opportunities in Indiana because we don't want to educate our kids. We don't want to offer them the resource, the teachers, the resources to be great educators. And it just seems like when we, we attract, we say we are a, a, a state that works, we a state that works for less. Yes. And of course, that's know, exactly. Yeah, we know that the majority of people want those things. You know, we know that that's not what we all want. We don't want our state to be viewed that way. But that is the reality. Yeah, absolutely. It's a race to the bottom in our state. But right, we're gonna be look. We're gonna be Miss Jackson, Mississippi, in just a minute. I mean, come uh. on. I mean, come on. The people ain't got clean water in in the in these United States of America. There's a whole mm. town of almost two hundred thousand people. Granted, 80% of them are black. I was just going to say 80% of them are black. And and they had a lot of white flight, so they don't have a tax base there. And so they don't pay attention though. to them. It's, we're no. talking about the basic necessities. We're not, I don't understand why we, why we have communities based on tax revenue, whether or not they can have the basic necessities. They take in their tax dollars, so they should make sure whatever dollars they get, they add some more to it. And Because let me tell you, let me tell you, there are counties in our state right now that don't have enough tax revenue, but where are they getting that tax revenue? They're getting it from Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Come on, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get well, off and the in box. Mississippi, I'm in Mississippi, they are, they're figuring out that the Republicans have been stealing the funds that were supposed to go for poor families. Right. Um, they have, they have a huge Farr. case. I was listening to the news last night. Yeah. So I don't know. They but, would steal. But if we don't turn our stuff around, steal. if we don't turn our stuff around, we're gonna be Mississippi. So Kenny, let, I want to go, I want to dive into your campaign a little bit. Cause you know, that's, that's, that state Senate needs you. They need you bad. Yes. I watched them take yes. abuse, um, for the, those, that two weeks. I mean, I feel like every one of my senators needs therapy because they were traumatized. I know I was for them. Talk yes. about the three issues that you've been discussing with your constituents and what your platform is built on and, and what you want to take into the state house. Well, um, First, I want to say that, you know, I don't think the state said it needs me. It needs us. Hey. And, you, know, you know, I really am working to get out there and listen to people and um, hear different, you know, being in all different parts of the district and hearing what people are telling me that they they need, you know. And, um, you know, abortion, honestly, is not their number one issue. The number one issue out here in southern Indiana is, you know, the rising cost of living. So. Um, how do we figure out how to, to, you know, make that better for the families down here? Um, you know, I know in, it all goes back to, to broadband. You know, if we can get everybody in Southern Indiana to have high-speed internet at an affordable price, you know, we've increased job opportunities. We've increased the opportunities for education. You know, you can make and create and then sell something from mm -hmm. your very own home. And um, we can also increase access to health care. It's all about, you know, empowering working people and families and small businesses and family farms. And if we can 
empower people, you know, I have, you know, I have a lot of faith in people and pe people will do great things. And, um, you know, that will attract more business and, and um, improve the quality of life. I agree. I agree. And, you know, uh, high speed internet is one of those, those pieces that, um, everyone's been promising, but nothing's been really done on it. And I don't understand why we aren't treating it like a utility. I don't understand why we haven't made the commitment. Um, because we see, I mean, think about it. We just got the, we just finished talking about the tax base, right? And mm -hmm. if, and you, your family decided to move from, right. Move from, Southern Indiana, or from Indianapolis to, to Southern Indiana. Think about how many people that we could get to move into these counties that are welfare counties because they don't have enough people and enough revenue base. If, if we had high speed internet, we can, re, we can fix all of that. Right. So what exactly. other, what, what other issues are, are you guys talking about down there in Southern Indiana? Well, so we're talking about, you know, making sure that we, we need to, re, you know, reverse the respect problem. You know, we have um, a huge respect problem for, you know, teachers and educators. And I always say educators, that means everybody, you know, the people who work in the cafeteria, the bus driver, you know, because it takes everybody, you know, but, you know, these people have been, <laughs> you know, they have been beat up these past few years mm -hmm. and, you know, healthcare workers, it's the whole human infrastructure. You know, I feel like police have gotten a bad rap too, you mm -hmm. know, um, and with the whole permitless carry, you know, I feel like, you know, they've been disrespected. Their jobs are now less safe. Um, you know, I feel like our children are less safe. I, you know, the number one cause of death for children is guns. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? And I'm not, I, I believe I'm not trying to take anybody's guns away from them. I'm just saying it's just, it's just a fact. And, um, you know, we common sense gun measures are, you know, we have lots of guns down here in Southern Indiana. A lot of the district is very rural, you know, it, you know, it shouldn't be too much to make sure that we, uh, keep our children safe from those guns and that we're, you know, storing them safely and, you know, that the police have what they need so they can tell you know, at least have some measure way they can stop someone on the street and be like, do you have a permit, you know, for your gun? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and that's a, that's a clear indication that those folks who are elected to office are not listening to the people who they're supposed to serve. Right. And it's a big problem. So, so that's a problem uh, throughout our state. Uh, Nobody oh God, wants yes. to listen and, and they don't want to listen to their constituents. They don't want to do what the constituents need. They talk about being right to life and then they let guns go crazy. Um, that's not right to life. No, mm -hmm. no, they're, they're pro birth. We know that pro right. birth. That's it. Cause once you're behind, get here, you on your own. They done with you. We, yeah, they don't want to feed you. They're pro birth because they can keep you in poverty that way. Yeah. They can keep you under their control. And, you know, in the whole attacks on teachers, I've never understood. I never had a bad teacher. Never. Um, the students going into the classroom from with parents who have the attitude that, you know, all the teachers are bad and public school is bad. And that's crazy. Our public schools are wonderful. Our teachers are fantastic. They're highly trained. They're well-educated. They know what they're doing and just leave them alone and let them do their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Public school teachers sent, sent people to the moon. Yes. Think about that. Now all of a sudden public school teachers are horrible. Get out, get out of here. But you know what they do? They, you know, if I can dehumanize you, if I mm -hmm. can, 
you know, uh, make you seem less than, then no people, because people, they don't, they don't look at the finite, they're not nuanced enough to see, you know, the totality of a thing. So if I can, you know, attack you as, as a group, then mm -hmm. I can siphon that money out and I can, I can kill it. I can, I can, I, I said it was no good. So I'm gonna put measures in place to kill it. So it won't be any good. Yeah. We, I think there's a big emphasis on boogeyman issues that aren't yeah. real issues because those are really cheap to solve. You know, they don't take any money, you know, to, you know, solve that problem. You know, if I know down here, um, you know, they are very, you know, CRT, it's a boogeyman issue. You know, it's not real. It doesn't, you know, so if they can keep talking about things that aren't real, it's cheap to solve problems that aren't real. Exactly. And I've met, I've yet to hear a teacher talk about her curriculum, their curriculum contains CRT. Like I yeah. asked people, I, I debated it with, with some folk and I was like, <laughs> show me the lesson plan. <laughs> <laughs> So, you so know, the, the biggest, what's, what's the biggest problem? If we don't know our history, we're doomed to repeat it. Well, and see, that's not even it. It's like, uh, no, we, it's not, it's not, that's not even it. It's, it's not even about the history and learning history. It is. I know if I can get y'all riled up and get mm -hmm. y'all all liquored up, I'm gonna yes. scare people. I'm gonna intimidate people. Cause my, my rule is real. I mean, the mm -hmm. idea that people are going into school board meetings and screaming and hollering at school board members or mm -hmm. that they feel like they can intimidate people and call their house. Because, mm -hmm. again, if I can mm -hmm. get you to step away, I can put my people in place and I can do what the hell I want to do. You, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's it's not even about the thing. It's about mm -hmm. how do I control the, the masses? And unfortunately, because we've had poor public education because they keep defunding it, we mm -hmm. got a lot of people that don't know nothing. They can't, they can't process properly. They don't understand how to disseminate information properly. And so they just follow suit. I ain't gonna lie. There's a lot of not so bright people. <laughs> you see how it's cool years, that It's years of forcing, forcing teachers to teach for tests rather than allowing teachers to teach people to have critical thinking. Come on. And when they don't have that ability to critically think, they can't disseminate or work with information they believe anything that they hear. They don't know history, so they believe whatever they're being told must be the right thing. Um, it, it's it's been uh, it's like a whirlpool. It's just sucking us all down. Absolutely, Indiana's on Dana Black turn left. Hey, listen, if you guys are liking this conversation and you are, are engaged in what these these beautiful ladies are talking about, please click on their donate link. Donate to their campaigns. Unfortunately, it does take money to run these campaigns, so please, please, please click on their links. Give them five, ten dollars. It's right there, right down below. Please just donate. Okay, Roxana, what is a Jackson Township board? Talk to us about that. So you have a trustee that is supposed to be helping people. The township board oversees the trustee to ensure that people are getting the help that they need. Um, and and what happens in this area is that there's money allotted that never gets spent. Um, these people are getting paid to do a job and nothing's getting done. And people that need help are just, you know, falling through the wayside. When you have um, all one party watching one party doing things, then, you know, it, more for us, less for everybody else. That's always been my concern. And and people don't know how to get a hold of help, where to go for help. Um, like in, in bigger cities, like Fort Wayne is a huge city. 
and their trustee actually has an office so people can go and get that help. But in small communities, trustees work out of their homes. Um, they don't have that kind of infrastructure. And so it's a little bit harder and challenging and, and there's just not a lot of information available. So that's that's one of the things, one of my goals is to make sure the information is getting available, that there's some oversight to ensure that somebody, you know, that people are getting help or getting the information to find the help that they need. Help paying bills, help paying utilities, help negotiating with utilities. Um, everything that somebody needs, we, we have a little food bank here in Roanoke, Jackson Township's in Roanoke, city of mm -hmm. Roanoke. Um, which is where I live and it's a beautiful city and you know there but there's people that need help and I don't want anybody to fall through the cracks that's it that's it I mean and all politics is local we've all heard that Absolutely. and there's nothing more personal about politics than being at that township level um, that city level that municipal level so thank you for putting your your name on the ballot well, uh, what's the race looking like Are, is it an at-large race or is it a district yeah it's it's it's, it's basically just, you know, there's three positions and there are two Democrats running and three Republicans. And so um, my philosophy, you don't really see people running for township board. You don't see a bunch of signs, although I'll have some signs out, but you just, you don't see a lot of that. So it's door knocking, it's, it's um, getting your name out there and getting your face out there. But um, the big thing for me is trying to get those up ticket positions, get people excited about our secretary of state, our treasurer and our auditor running, you know, yes. three <laughs> and get those people, get people excited about that. Get them excited about Tom McDermott running against and the other guy. I don't want to say his name, whatever his Tom name McDermott is. running and get these up ticket people, get our legislators elected because then I'm going to have a better chance of getting elected when I've got my people showing up at the ballot box to cast their vote. I love so it. I'm working for everybody, trying to get everybody elected because um, it takes a village. It takes all of us running. It takes all of us working together to get things changed and get things accomplished. I love it. I mean, I think it's so amazing. I think it's, I mean, and you wear, like I said, you wear so many hats and the fact that you were like, I can do more. And people, this is what we talking about, right? You know, here we have a teacher who is, is, is comfy in her Kentucky contract. I want her to come home. Ooh, that's okay. I understand. I listen. I, I don't begrudge nobody for what they do to take care of their family. But just think about it. That's a that's an amazing teacher that we don't have in Indiana. Yep. That's that's what I want y'all. I want y'all to be angry about that. Not that she's making choices about what she should do for her and her family. I want y'all to be angry that dang. Here we have a wonderful person who could be teaching Hoosier kids, but yo. You know, this this year has been quite interesting in that we are, you know, those of us who are insiders, we've been watching how um, the, the other side manipulates people. When you're out mm -hmm. in the community, uh, Katie, and you're talking to the people in the community, what are they, I know that they're telling you that, you know, the cost of living and things like that, but what are they saying they want from someone who is representing them? Well, um, I think, most of the time I met with shock, you know, that, you know, that I'm actually knocking on their door and, uh, you know, that I want to hear, you know, what, what their concerns are. And I, so I feel like, you know, that's my job as state Senator. I'm, I'm going to be the state Senator that, you know, 
they're like, oh yeah, I talked to her. I ran into her over there, you know, or, you know, and so I'm out there, I'm listening to people and it's about, I think, connecting the dots because I, I think down here in Southern Indiana, you know, we just kind of uh, fly under the radar. And I think that, you know, we have a lot of federal dollars coming into Indiana and we need to make sure that we, we get our fair share down here yeah. and that um, we benefit from that. I think that's I think that's right. I'm, one of the things that I've always recognized is that the funds are not evenly dispersed um, through the state. No. Um, I, 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 don't get me wrong, and I know that there, there's some people in the Hamilton County who will disagree with me, but it, I just found it odd that you know when they're giving out extra monies, they're giving it to Hamilton County, the wealthiest yeah. county in the state. They don't need no extra. Yeah. I know uh, Hamilton pretty- County. Y'all know I love you. <laughs> y'all know I love y'all. Technically, y'all know. <laughs> We do. We need. We do need to build our infrastructure throughout the state. There's nothing more frustrating than traveling from um, Fort Wayne areas northern, traveling into southern Indiana, and you don't have cell service or you can't get reliable computer service. And and how are people supposed to do better? And how are people supposed to prosper if they can't access basic things that the rest of us are taking for granted? Exactly. Yeah. It is incredibly frustrating because again, it, the pandemic pulled the cover back. Right. And we mm-hmm. saw all the cracks in the foundation. And here it is. We, you know, we're essentially what two full years into the pandemic because it ain't over. Right. Right. And right. we are, we are not taking the steps to remedy the problems that were uncovered. Right. That's why we got to send you to that state house. So you can, yes. you know, shake, shake a knot in them or something. Shake. Well, because you care about people. Right. I mean, can you imagine some people have never met a legislator before? Exactly. Because they're just, they're too busy to talk to you. And and you can't be too busy to talk to your people because those are the people that are sending you. Exactly. That's who you're there to represent. Service, yeah. Yes. And I find Caring it interesting that, you know, some of our representatives, you're right, that they, they, you can't even find them. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Now, my, I'm, I'm a little bold, but then I also have good people to represent me. So I see mine all the time. I, I feel yeah, bad. Right. I mean, all of mine. I even see my mayor and he got like a whole security team. <laughs> well, and, and I've met, I, when we had a democratic Senator, I met Joe Donnelly and, and talked to him anytime I wanted to. Yeah. Um, me too. Um, mayor P uh, mayor P were on first name basis. I mean, I still call him mayor, but he's secretary now, but right? we meet our people. We can, we can meet our people and talk to them as ordinary people because they care, they're compassionate, they have empathy. We just need to get them elected. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And and how do we, you know, down in Southern Indiana and in rural Huntington County, how do you get folks to see that you guys are valuing their life existence versus them just tuning out as soon as you say you're a D? All of us are lifelong activists, aren't we? We're mm. busy in our communities and involved with people. And then when we start running for office, um, but I think if you don't, if you're not active, if you aren't active and you're thinking about running for office, get involved in something, Habitat for Humanity, work with the food bank, get involved in your community, start getting to know people. It is all grassroots. Just like you said that the grassroots donations, the small donations, people think, well, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to be important because I don't have a hundred dollars or hundreds of dollars to donate. So how can I help? And if one thing that um, Obama taught us is that, you know, $5 contributions add up. Absolutely. Bernie Sanders. Make a difference. Bernie Sanders. I mean, Act Blue 
blew up because of Bernie Sanders and his $5, $10 donations. Yeah. Absolutely. And, but, but and even, that, but even I still, mean, like, you know, you're in these communities and they, like, there, I know that there's a certain places in Indiana, they're not going to receive me. And I, you, if you know, if you know the truth, then you can live in the truth and you can figure out how to work things out. So mm -hmm. there, you know, that there are just certain people that just close you out. You're, but these are your neighbors too. So how are you, you know, trying to, to, to get them to hear you? What are the, what are the things that, that are resonating with them that you say? Cause they, you tell them you're D I know what's happening. Katie, tell us how it's working down there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I talk about, um, Tell them that my D is not the first thing I say, no. for sure. It comes up, you know, but, you Eventually know. Eventually we get there. Yeah, we do. I mean, but, you know, the point is, you know, let's talk about freedoms and let's talk about, you know, protecting our freedoms and, you know, how as women we're losing our freedoms or people mm -hmm. with uteruses, we're losing our freedoms in the state of Indiana. Let's talk about the fact that our kids are losing their freedoms to like feel safe at school and, you know, learn, you know, and all of this is, you know, very real. And, um, and then there are things that we could be doing, like, you know, offering, you know, in Indiana, they charge for textbooks. There's no reason we need to be charging people for textbooks. You know, those things could really hurt people who are, you know, just trying to get by and, um, you know, free and reduced lunch. I mean, everybody who goes to school should have lunch paid for, you know, parents shouldn't have to stress. I mean, I, I remember, one particular year, you know, um, my youngest was eating breakfast and lunch at school, and I dreaded getting that bill every month because it was a lot of money. And I'm like, here I am sending him to public school, and, you know, I have to pay all this money for him to eat. And, you know, he had like a two-hour bus ride there and a two-hour bus ride back, and it's just, you know, we have got to fund our public school system Two better. hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Wait, time. why is any child riding two hours to school? And I know here locally, like they're, they're having like, you know, the bus drivers get sick and they don't have anybody to replace them. So then the, the those kids don't have a bus ride. So then those parents have to scramble. And yeah, it's just, we've got to start treating those people better. And yeah. See, I'm, thank you for bringing that up, Katie, because, you know, when they when they started the voucher program, you know, they were targeting urban communities and saying, if your school is failing, you know, we're going to mm -hmm. give you some choice, school choice. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take the money out of the pot and give it to, you know, so, to you to follow the students so you can go pick something else. But, mm -hmm. but rural Indiana, they school money comes out of that same pot. And exactly. if you mm -hmm. dipping money out, guess who's losing out? The rule, yeah. rule, see in Indianapolis, there's nine school districts, there's 10 parochial schools, and then throw in a host 30 or so charter schools. How many school mm -hmm. corporations you have down there in, in rural Indiana? Uh, probably in my district, there's one, two, four, four I think. That's, I mean, so you, you take money, they got to run the same amount of schools with less and money. I cannot believe your baby has to be on the- areas of land, yeah, that are covered, yeah. That's crazy. So, I mean, these are things that should, we shouldn't even have to fight over. We are, we are constitutionally bound to fund public schools. And the fact that we have people who are elected to office who they're like, I don't, I'm going to make sure my kid gets what they need, but your kid, oh, I don't care. Right. That's, that's crazy. 
All right, um, we we getting closer to end, and I want to make sure that I, I give people an opportunity to find out where they can find you. Katie, tell people where they can find you so they can donate to your campaign or sign up to be a volunteer. Yes, please. We need boots on the ground here in Southern Indiana, and that can be like texting or writing postcards. It doesn't. You don't even have to be here in person. So it's Fort F O R T E for SouthernIndiana.org. And uh, do you have any events coming up or any fundraisers that we can share with the people? Um, no, I don't have any fundraisers. I mean, I'm making my rounds around town, but you know, no, I definitely, um, no fundraisers on my horizon, but I need them. Okay, well then y'all click on her link. This was a fundraiser. Yeah, click on your link, <laughs> click on her link, donate to her campaign so that she can, you know, get those yard signs, get those ma mailing pieces out there so she can get those door hangers so that she can, you know, buy snacks for her volunteers, all that kind of stuff. That's what that money goes for. If she ain't using it, she ain't getting rich. She's using oh, it to no, try to improve no. your life, right? Yeah. All right, Roxana, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me in uh, lots of places. <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook and you can find my act blue there as well. Um, Roxana for Roanoke, Roxana Lucas Murray. Um, you're going to find me tomorrow night at the third district fundraiser for the three statewide women candidates. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm active and I'm busy and I'm supporting women everywhere I can. That's, that's like I said before, that's my big thing is supporting women and getting those up ticket races voted on so that they will carry me along with them. And I'll be there with you together. Night. I'll be there with you yes. tomorrow night. Do you have any fundraisers coming up? No, that I'm not. Okay. Okay. Just, I get just, that. just the word of mouth and, and the Facebook thing. Um, a township trustee, board person. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not that kind of, uh, a bigger job. I want the let, I want the money that most of the money that gets raised around here. I want it to go to the state legislative positions and the statewide mm -hmm. positions. Um, I'd love to get carried along. I want to get elected, but I really want to change out the people, um, in the legislature. And I want to try and keep the, um, less reasonable people from being elected. Um, and that's, that's the choices for those, for the positions around here are the, are the people who believe the lies and the fakes. And, um, I don't, I don't want those people to get elected or reelected. I want to replace them with some reasonable people who believe in science and, uh, believe in public education and believe in common sense gun control and, believe that women should have the opportunity to decide what they're going to do with their lives and have good, safe health care. That's it. Those that's are the things that matter to me. You said a mouthful right there. I'm telling you, that's more than that's more than enough. That that's a servant leader right there, y'all. So now you you heard why I was gushing on her earlier, right? Yeah, I'm running, I want to win my race, but you know, it's all about helping other people. Thank you two ladies so much uh, for joining me tonight. I know uh Katie, you got you gotta run jump into another uh, event. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy campaign schedule to come talk to the people at Turn Left. We're going to make sure that we support you the best way we can. So good luck to you. Roxana, you you know, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'm gonna look, looking forward to it. Hey, guys, um, yes, I'm going to be in Huntington County tomorrow night, but I'll be back in Indianapolis Saturday morning so that you guys, IDAC is having our town hall series. 
the third of our town hall series where we nice. have a, you can come and talk to our Marion County candidates. Hello, I'm, uh, people be like, well, how do I get involved? Blah, 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 blah. We literally reached out to the candidates and the elected officials and said, would you please come and do the town hall? They've taken time out of their schedule to come and talk to you. So show up, show them, come talk to them in Marion County. This is what we do, right? We, we make it happen. Yes. And if you are in the Fort Wayne, in the third district, see you tomorrow night. Come hang out with me. I'll be in the spot. You know, I love driving up north in Fort Wayne, you Allen County Democrats, you turned out last week. Your event was amazing. I really had a good time uh, up there as, as a, just a guest hanging out with the, with the team and Derek Camp, you're doing good stuff. Again, district three, Christine Bohm, you are knocking it out of the box, girl. What? You know, I'm, I'm just going to say this so everybody know that's my girl. Keep on messing with her. <laughs> Keep on messing with her. Y'all don't want no, y'all don't want this smoke. All right. Indiana's on Dana Black. You know, I got candidates on all the way to the end. Um, we, we, we want you to support these folks because we're trying to make real change. We are the change. We are the change that we're looking for. Okay. All right. Indiana's on Dana Black. I'll holler at y'all next time. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Turn Left is the property of Black Pearl IT Solutions. Executive producer, Indiana's own Dana Black. Music by www.binsound.com.